0: Hi, my darling
1: friend. Hi. 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 I got so much stuff sent to me from your people, and there was attachments and things I had to read, and like it was like a real oh, interview I had to do.
0: Heaven forbid you have to do a little homework.
1: <laughs> I like her. Um, listen, um, you have a lot of fans that are following you on, what do they call it, the Twitter. If you go on the Google and you find the <laughs> Kathy Lee Gifford, you'll find the Twitter and uh, wow, she, a lot of fans, a lot of creepy people following you.
0: Very, uh, an enormous amount of creepy people, and God loved them all. You know, I look, I, I read the scriptures and every single one of them was sort of creepy in their own way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the whole concept of scripture and the whole concept of the good news, the gospel, that God loves, loves every creepy one of us. He just flat God out loves, loves every everything creepy one of us. Especially you. God bless and us you're all. The and yeah.
1: my, <laughs> that, that would have been an excellent
0: verse in the Bible.
1: Yeah, God loves every creepy one of us. Actually, there's a guy in from Canada. Here is a guy named Don Heron. He's an actor. He's passed away. He played a character called Charlie Ferguson, who's like just sort of a hoser farmer guy. And he uh, he ended up writing. Uh, the Gospels of the New Testament, based in the slang that he he spoke when he played this character. And, Kathy Lee, I think you should write a, a, some kind of scriptures in your own slang, you know, your own paraphrased kind of thing. Make it the living Kathy Lee Bible.
0: I would, accept I am so, I mean... I'm You've
1: obsessed. gone the other way.
0: I've gone the other way. Yeah. Drew, I have gone to the light side. I really have. I have been so transformed by by traveling to Israel and studying in the rabbinic way, which is knowing what the original uh, Hebrew means in the Old Testament and the original Greek in the New. I understand the desire to sort of make the Word of God, you know, just sort of relevant in our own language, but uh, sometimes mistakes are made in that, and and they're, they're critical mistakes. And I think we have gone so far the other way, we need to go back. We need to go back as the pendulum swings, find out what it really says in the original Greek and the original Hebrew, and then start from there. Because we're very ignorant. We're just really, really ignorant in this world about what Scripture really says. And there's a result where the world's confused. Battles have been fought. Crusades have been fought. People have just dismissed the entire Bible because of mistranslations. I'm really tired of that. I'm sort of all about getting back to the purity of it so we can start from there again, because we never did start from there again. It got confused from, from early, 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 early on. In, you know, like centuries ago. Okay, what is, millennium.
1: What is and look, I know that the sort of the rabbinical, what are we calling here? The, um, what are the, the uh, Jews that are no longer Jews, they're Christians? What, what's that called? Messianic. Messianic Jews. I knew there was a fancy word there. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're Jewish-ish.
0: Well, no, <coughs> they don't stop being Jews. I know. They just believe that the Messiah has already come in the form of Jesus Christ and he's going to return. I mean, uh, this is critical that people understand that. There are Jewish people today who believe Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah who's been prophesied over 300 times in the Old Testament. They believe it with all their heart. And you know what's interesting? In Israel right now, even... They're not messianic rabbis, but they're two of the most most respected rabbis in history right now in Israel. Believe that we are; they are in messianic times. They're expecting the Messiah to come. They're going to be surprised when it's Jesus, I think. But yeah. what, what, that's another story. Yeah. All
1: right, but what I wanted to really ask you was: in that crowd, they seem to specialize in. Well, that's not what the Bible really meant. That's not what the scriptures really meant. That's not what the translation the accurate accurate translation is. And so you've been swimming in that world for a while now. And Kathy Lee, what I want to know is from you what is one that like the huge holy crap moment that you had when uh, somebody said, "Well, that's actually not what the scriptures meant. And all of a sudden you you learned a whole different angle of things.
0: Yes, I was on my first. R- I've been going to Israel since uh, two thousand and seventeen. No, no, it was since I was seventeen which is a different <laughs> wow Wow. Yeah, my dogs are, are licking my feet. That's another story. <laughs> um, all right. You, you've been here. You know when my dogs get that way. I get a little crazy. but anyway Yeah, when I was 17 years old, I, uh, my father gave me tickets, along with my mother, to go to the first Jerusalem conference on biblical prophecy. In Jerusalem, I missed my high school graduation. I could have cared less, and that began my love affair with Israel. My father was a Jew. My mother was a, um, what they call a shiksa. She was a beautiful, uh, you know, woman uh, uh, that was not Jewish. But I always felt an affinity and a tremendous, um, I don't know, a tremendous knowing in my spirit and my, in my, about being Jewish. And I knew Jesus was Jewish, and all of his disciples were Jewish, and Mary was Jewish. The whole story of Christianity, the whole story of Judaism, and the whole story actually of early Islam is all Jewish, from one patriarch, you know, meaning Abraham. I found that fascinating, and I've been a student of Scripture all my life since. Well, in 2012, is what I meant to say, Frank and I went with some great friends on my first rabbinic trip, to Israel. I now call it the rock and road experience, which is, um, I've written, I've got a new book coming out in March called The Rock, The Road, and The Rabbi. The rock is Jesus, the road is the Holy Land, and the rabbi is the Word of God as, as taught by Messianic rabbis who go ten, ten layers deeper into anything you ever learned in Sunday school, and it rocks your world. It, it just destroys you. So an answer to your, because it's good in a good way. You asked me that moment when it first hit me that oh yeah, holy yeah, cow yeah, yeah. right holy baloney yep. something's going on here. We were on the we, top of a mountain called Gezer our first day in Israel on that on that rabbinic trip in 2012. And this and Ray Vanderlaan, a brilliant brilliant uh, biblical studies teacher, said, "How many of you know what Jesus and his and his earthly father Joseph did before Jesus became a rabbi at the age of." 30, which is the first time that Jewish, good Jewish boys can become a rabbi. And Jesus was a good Jewish boy. I don't, I don't know how much that upsets Christians, but he was. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, every important thing that ever happened in Jesus's life happened on one of the major Jewish festivals. And we as Christians don't even know what they were, much less understand them or keep them. We are missing out on half our legacy, half the joy, half the promise of our of our faith by not knowing our our Jewish roots and and doing what Jesus did which is honoring them. So anyway, we every single one of us that were there, I think there were 18 of us, we all just said right away, well he was a carpenter. Everybody knows that. And our teacher Ray looked at every single one of us and said, "Actually, no. That's a bad translation from the from the Bible." And we're going, "I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I am stuck now for 10 days." <laughs> on mountaintops with a guy that doesn't even know the Scripture. Yeah, or
1: the Cliff Clavin of the Bible. Well, it's a little known fact. uh... It's
0: a little known fact. But here's the thing. I'm the one that didn't know, because I didn't know what the original Greek word for what Jesus and Joseph did was. And the word is tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N, which if you look it up in the original Greek, and by the way, the only two languages in the world that have never changed in millennia since their ancient days are Hebrew and Greek. Hmm. So you can count on it when you check it out, when you Google it. So he said, actually, no, that's a bad translation into the King James Version. These English guys were translating in, uh, the Greek into English for King James, and they see the word tekton, which means builder or architect, and they go, oh, Jesus was a he was a carpenter, just like we are, because we have nothing but buildable wood in, in, in uh, England. Well, they'd never been to Israel. And the truth is, at that time, there was no buildable wood in Israel. There was only rocks. Now, Jesus worked with uh, balsam trees and, and all kinds of different small trees, olive, you know, they made bowls out of those kinds of things, sycamore fig, different different kinds of trees. But the truth is, Jesus was a stonemason that's all that all the major building was done with with rocks. Jesus was a stonemason. Now my world is pardon upon rock because I'm going what? now all the scriptures are coming alive upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He was without sin you know, cast the first stone and the the stone that the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone and all of the psalms about going up to the high place, and he is my rock and my refuge, and I'm going, oh my gosh, it makes sense now. And I looked at Ray, and I said, Ray, if we're wrong about something as simple as this, what else are we wrong about? And he literally set my world afire when he looked at me and he goes, everything. And it kindled a desire in me to know what the Bible really says, because if I'm going to build my life on it... I better know what it really says, you know. Yep. Really says, and and I will have I will have nothing except that at this point in my life. It's too important.
1: Okay, here's the reality in your world right now. You're releasing a new book about a rock, the road, and a rabbi. You wrote a rock musical about a kid throwing rocks. You've got a hit rock song that you sang on today, and you were a rock star last month, being inducted into the cheeky Christians Hall of Fame. No, what was it again? The Broadcaster's it wasn't the Christian one. It was no, the cable
0: Broad- Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I also was Miley Cyrus on Halloween on a wrecking ball. Excuse so me, I'm not, it with, it. I'm not finished with ah. I'm not finished
1: with my diatribe ah. yet. <laughs> Am I allowed? Like, would you be offended if I said to you that was just disturbing?
0: <laughs> Billy Ray, Billy Ray Cyrus. Was <laughs>
1: He thought so. Of course, he thought so. You, you were acting like his daughter. Ooh. Well,
0: I was trying to mimic her. I know. And he's sitting there with me, and he goes, "I know this should upset me, but I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting." It's like, Billy Ray, I don't want to know. That. I don't
1: want to know that, Billy Ray. I don't want to know. Um, tell me about this uh, musical, all, all based on a, a delinquent child who throws rocks. Tell me about that.
0: Well, he was. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, I know. It's the story. Of, of David and Goliath, obviously, and it's a it's a little musical I wrote for children called um, The Little Giant, and it's the true story of David and Goliath. In that, you know, this is another one of Ray's teachings at the Valley of Allah, where exactly the spot where David fought Goliath has not changed in three thousand years, and when you're there, it's pretty impactful. And and Ray had the teaching, which was, you know, what uh, everybody. Everybody thinks that the, uh, the miracle of David and Goliath is that this young shepherd, probably 12 to 14 years old, because all shepherds were, was able to kill a giant. He said, but that, that was typical. Every uh, one of them worth their salt had killed lions and bears. The, Bi- the Bible talks about that very clearly. So the miracle of David and Goliath is that David, this young boy, was so different from the cowering, terrified Israelite army under King Saul on that that ledge, the Israelite ledge. They were terrified because they had religion, which there's no power in religion. David had relationship with the living God. Therefore, he had all the power in the world, all the power in the world. And David said, you come before me with a sword and a javelin, but I come before you in the name of of the God of Israel, whom you have defied. And he goes down to the little brook of Elah, and he picks up five smooth stones. And he knows exactly what he's going to do, because he has been emboldened and empowered since he was wonderfully and fearfully made in his mother's womb. He knows. He's He's not the least bit afraid. He doesn't even take King Saul's armor. I can't do this. I can't throw my stone with all this on me. Leave me alone. Let me do what God created me to do. That's the miracle of David uh, in the story of David and Goliath. He had a personal relationship with the living God. And I wrote this little musical because I think it's time for us to start asking our children a different question, that what do you want to be when you grow up? A better question to ask them is, What has God created you to be since you were wonderfully and fearfully made in your mother's womb? What gifts do you have? Everything
1: I've heard about this musical would suggest that uh, what you're really trying to do is to get the kids to not be bad when they grow up.
0: No. Thank
1: you, Tim. Thank you. How amazing was that? Oh, Drew, you brought me to tears Thank you. all the wrong Listen reasons. to the – you do the narration, Kathy Lee. Give everyone, everyone a little sample of this of this narration voice.
0: Well, I, I play Sheba. Sheba's a sheep. And Sheba is very upset with her sheep or her peeps because they're always late. And, and she's trying to keep it all together because she's trying to tell an epic portrayal of biblical proportions. And she's a little frustrated, but it was a fun project. Regis <laughs> plays Jesse, David's father. Right. He's hysterical in it. I Two wow. of my friends, I called uh, Greg Edel, um, Edelman, four-time Tony nominee. He plays Goliath, and he plays um, King Saul. Wonderful young man named uh, Aidan Jem, who was just in um, uh, Finding Neverland. He plays David, yeah. and he's just... He was 14 when he when he, we recorded it last year, mm. about a year ago this time in my house. And it was just... You know what? It's anointed. It's a little half an hour CD where you can put it in your car and wherever you're driving, kids can learn the real story about David and Goliath and and not some some ancient sort of biblical tale that has no relevance, you know, yeah. uh, to their life today. And when David sings a song and he goes, what is your stone? Where will you throw it? What is your gift? How will you know it? What is the one thing that you can do that no one else can do but you? What is what is your stone? And that's really what what is your stone? What's your gift? Why are we here? That's not a bad question to be asking our kids no, it's early not. in life still
1: asking why you're here Uh, you're not get in line baby get in line so listen i had no idea that you did such a great audrey hepburn impersonation that was amazing can you do that again (laughs) 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 um so an inspiration you're right i pvr'd no what do you say down there in the states dvr'd i think anyway i recorded on videotape. Mm-hmm. I recorded a little performance that you did on this television show called Today. Yeah. And um, it was actually really good. I kind of had this pessimistic little, oh, I wonder how, you know, and it's it's going to be, the, you know, I don't know how it's schmaltzy or uh, I was nervous for you. I was really nervous for you because I actually kind of like are you. are
0: talking about? I make a fool of myself every day. S- which one are you talking about? No,
1: the big song you sang in, in, in Frank, I Saw Jesus. as Oh, you saw Jesus. Yeah.
0: Jesus, yes. Dude, you nailed well, that. Oh thank you, baby. Thank you. That was just simply the Holy Spirit, I tell you. Um, my life changed on June I think it was the sixteenth of this past year, when Hoda and I went down to Nashville to um to do, you know, just our show from there. We love Nashville, we love country music, we're all big fans. And I and I met somebody named Brett James, who's one of the top writers, if not the top writer, in Nashville for years, and we shot a cute little thing, and I was leaving, and he said, Kathy, by the way, he said, I just want you to know, I was a huge fan of your husband's, and I'm so sorry uh, for uh, his passing, and are you okay? And he was just a sweet guy, and I said, you know what, Brett, I'm really good. I, I found my husband. I'm actually sitting two inches right now away from where my I found my husband." right now, and I said, you've been here, you know. Um, I said, "Not. Nah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, uh, No. I Yeah. got it. Yeah, I, he hadn't been here at that time. No. And I, and I said, he was a total stranger to me, and I said, you know what, I found him. This was the look on his face, this look of incredible wonderment and awe. And I said, he saw Jesus, and Jesus took his breath away. And I said, and you know what, one of these days I'm going to write that song and this amazing man looks at me and he goes well then let's write that song. And I said okay, I gave him my my cell phone number thinking sure, sure, I'm going to he's going to write with me, right? Within 20 minutes he texted me and said how do you want to do this? I ended up going back down to Nashville the next week we wrote the song, we've become really really uh, great friends. Uh, I'm he's a cherished friend to me now. He's been a huge part of God's healing in my life. He saw Jesus was a huge healing in my life about Frank, huh. and then later he became a huge healing uh, process in my uh, the hurt that I had had about my Broadway musical, and that that's another story. But we become, I mean, and now he's. I've, I've got a movie that I'm writing. We've just finished writing all the the, the music for that, um, the score for that. And then when I found out that I'm going to be hosting something in a couple of weeks, which I'm not allowed to talk about, I called him and I said, Brett, everybody in the world's hurting right now. Everybody's hurting. Let's write a song about healing and hurting hearts and a place to go with our hurt. Let's just be part of that. And he uh, he said, I'm in. And it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm thrilled with it. We just sent it off to iTunes yesterday hoping that we, it will be ready within the next couple of weeks, because it takes sometimes three weeks to get something up on iTunes. Yeah, We, we want it to be a healing thing in this world. Um, yeah, I mean, he's I'm just so grateful for his friendship. Uh, it's just amazing how God can just turn things around in your life with just, uh, you know, one moment. One moment in your life where you meet someone new who gives you a new perspective— And takes you on a new journey. It's a beautiful thing.
1: I would like to reflect back on the moment that we first met. Do you remember the trajectory your life took after meeting me, Kathy Lee? Do you Uh, remember
0: that? It was all downhill. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I see a spiral. (laughs)
0: Yeah, thanks. You know Uh, what happened? I fell in love with you as a human being, and I'm still in love with you as a human being, and we became, it's very similar to the whole thing with Brett. I knew it was magic from the minute I met you, and I loved your heart, and I loved your honesty about your about your doubts. I think it's, God is not afraid of our doubts. I mean, God is not afraid of anything. The creator of the universe can handle our concerns, our doubts, our everything he's sovereign in all things and you and i've been on a great journey all these years with our friendship haven't we honey
1: we sure have i um i i don't i don't okay so one time i said to you we were backstage at uh um, today's show and i said and this is this is a long time ago. I said, you know, you let me know uh, if things don't work out with Frank. You know, just let me know. And um, and then you know Frank passes, and and now I'm just sitting here going, man, what's going on with Kathy Lee? I mean, I know she really loves Craig Ferguson, but I wonder if I can <laughs> take her out on a date or something. You know?
0: Oh, Craig who? Ferguson is taken, and last I heard, you were too. Tell all me, right? tell I'm me. a woman who's undateable, apparently. Stop Nobody it wants me.
1: Stop it. <laughs> Who are your top three crushes right now? Top three.
0: Oh, you, Craig, and Brett.
1: <laughs> well played. Very well played.
0: Oh, no question. Uh, you know, you, you guys all make me laugh. You guys all make me think. And and those are the kind of men, but you're all taken. So I have, I have no hope in this world. None.
1: All right. Let's talk about this moment. I remember specifically when you and Hoda were coming out of the makeup room. Is that what you call it? The makeup
0: room? I call that the miracle room. The, mi- <laughs> <laughs> the holy of holies? <laughs> Not quite, but close. Okay.
1: And you guys walked out, and you walked by, and I went, damn. And uh, just kind of whispered it to you. And Hoda snapped around and went, what about me? I don't get no damn, and so about five minutes later, we're now walking down the hallway, down the stairs, and I came up behind her, which is a little scary and awkward and a little re- creepy.
0: Re- a little, little creepy. A little
1: restraining yeah. order-ish. Um, <laughs>
0: and,
1: and I went double damn, and she lost it. She is such a fun, fun girl. But
0: oh, there's nobody better on the planet than yeah. Hoda Woman. Yeah. she's unbelievable. That's the reason I'm still there, almost ten years later. I fell in love with my egyptian sun goddess i don't know i'm seeing christine are my these two women are incredible i'm so grateful for their friendship you know christine i I, do yeah that's that's where that's the tree you should have climbed a long time
1: ago (laughs) (laughs) you are brutal what is wrong with you we're live in the air i don't give a rip
0: i'm telling the truth
1: you're funny Funny girl. She's the best. Christ-
0: She's she not the best woman?
1: Christine and I have the best conversations. We laugh and and then I got we, we got stuck into it yesterday. I think just talking about uh, uh, Donald Trump stuff, but we we won't uh, we won't go there. Hey, listen, no. uh, one of my interns here is just a huge awkward fan of yours, uh, Alex, the intern. She's the one who spoke to you on the phone, and uh, she wants to know about your friendship with uh with mrs kardashian is that her, is that her name what's chris what's jenner. it chris jenner right i don't oh, even know yeah so I no know,
0: i know a lot of people don't quite understand it because we're, we're quite different but 35 years ago when i first met chris we were we were very similar we were uh both you know women trapped in bad marriages and unhappy and wanted to serve the lord with our lives and we did bible study together and Chris became one of my closest friends, and she still is, regardless of the path she's taken. I get so much hate mail, uh, you know, no death threats or anything, but how can you call yourself a Christian and be friends with uh, Chris Jenner? And my attitude is, you know what? How do you define Christian? Yeah. She's my friend. Yeah. My friend. And, and, and Jesus was a friend to everybody. I want everybody just sort of, you know... Take their judgment and get the hell out of my joy.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the quote. Girls, write that one down. Take my judgment and get the hell out of my joy. That one is yeah. going out on social media. Beautiful.
0: You're not welcome. You're oh. not welcome. You're not going to destroy a friendship that I've had for almost th- more than thirty five years with somebody. Nobody knows what goes on in that friendship any more than they know what goes on in a marriage. Yeah. I
1: listen. I I don't. I don't really, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know how to navigate this conversation because I'm not really up on whatever all that is. All I know is that people ask me when they find out that we were pals, they say, is she really, is she really like that? Is she really gen-? What they want to know is, are you genuine? You know what I tell I, them?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tell them quite honestly that you are maybe the most authentic person I've ever met in my life. No. uh and i th- and i think i feel that way because of how much wine you pour me
0: mm. oh, i i do have a a, a serious pour a serious <laughs> pour oh, <yeah. laughs> I, just because i i want to be a good hostess you know what i just i i've just there's a whole big uh chapter in my book Coming out that it's all about wine. It's mentioned, you know. It's the only thing mentioned in every single book of the Bible. Even God, the name of God. <laughs> That's awesome. God is not mentioned in the Book of Esther at all, but wine is mentioned numerous, numerous times. All those banquets that those guys were throwing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just interesting. It's got a, it's got a fascinating historical context to the Jewish people and and to ancient times. Um, which you're going to have to read the book to understand, but and I was ra- I was born in France and raised in Europe. I mean, it, uh, my attitude towards wine, I guess, is quite different from from a Southern Baptist raised in the Bible Belt. That that'll give you a little bit. But um, yeah, but uh, they're not going to change my mind, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to change theirs.
1: Okay, so we move on. So what I have to say finally in this conversation is that wine is God's G-I-F-F-T to the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I named my wine gift, G-I-F-F-T. It's a a play on my personal name, obviously, Gifford. But it's also, I mean, Paul exhorted Timothy to drink a little wine. Don't just drink water. Drink some wine because your stomach, because you're always sick. I mean, there's all kinds of exhortations. And if you understand the Jewish history that we all have, it's a part of every single celebration that God ever had for his people. The harvest was huge. He is the vine; we are the branches. Separated apart from Him, we are nothing. You know, we've got to stop this judgment stuff. It's just—it's keeping us from a full, glorious life in Christ. It just is. He said, "I will not drink this wine again till I drink it with you at that final feast." And, And if He puts that much emphasis on the joy of it, you know, the Bible says the wine makes the heart glad. Now are we supposed to be drunk and slovenly and throwing up in the streets? No.
1: Wait, no? Now we are Oops. <laughs> write, write that down, Tim. Yeah, drunk, slovenly, <laughs> no.
0: Here's the other thing. It's yes. our guess what? He forgives us. And he gives us a second cup of mercy the next day. That's our Jesus. And I don't want anybody preaching a different kind of Jesus to me than that Jesus. You go girl. The God of forgiveness and glory and grace and redemption. The world has never needed a Savior more than we need Him now.
1: Oh man, you know you're. you're it's a double-edged sword when you're on the show. Well, it's a mm-hmm. it's a triple-edged sword. You know too much about me. Number one. Number two. Yes. I, I like I actually love you. And then number three. Uh you're actually you have you school me every time you come on the stinking show and I'm getting tired of it. Can you not just be more vacuous?
0: <laughs> okay, I'll try. I'll try. I'll
1: <laughs> Get out the wine. Uh lovely to chat with you so so much, Kathy Lee. I Thank you. I love
0: you, my sweet friend. You know that. And this freak that you have with you now. What's his name?
1: I don't know, it doesn't matter. It's Tim. Thank you, <laughs> Kathy Lee.
0: Doesn't Tim. Matter. I, I have a i have a closet love of freak so i just whoa okay. hey so just, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. just,
1: <laughs> nice this just <laughs> took a turn
0: Woohoo! this, is, this <sighs> is a compliment yeah thank you girl compliment i hope
1: I, I, I hope to see you. your face soon my friend
0: i you know where I live buddy and you know where my wine cellar is so get your sweet buns down here I love <laughs> you with all my heart <laughs> all
1: right all right I will I promise bye. we'll talk to you again bye bye